0: Hello and welcome to Hot Health,
1: the podcast series where we talk about health in the U.S. and hot topics within the world of health.
0: I'm Zach Kavanis, a pre-med public health major here at Texas State.
1: I'm Shay Chan, a nursing student, also here at Texas State. Hi guys, and welcome again to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the opioid overdose crisis in the U.S. today.
0: Yes, guys, and getting into our topic, we're first going to start off by explaining what opiates are. So they're a class of drugs derived from the Opium Poppy Plan, and opiates can be divided into two broad categories, your legally manufactured medications and your illicit narcotics.
1: Yeah, so opioid pain relievers are generally safe when they're taken for like short amount of time or when they're properly prescribed by provider like it's intended to be, but because they relieve pain and they produce like a high euphoria feel, they can easily be abused and misused, so can you explain how one would misuse opioids, Zach?
0: Yeah, really. So examples would be like the medication being taken in like a different way than intended, or if you take a larger quantity than prescribed from your provider, and really misuse would also include when it's taken without a provider's prescription overall. It can actually lead to dependence, and when misused, opiate pain relievers can lead to addiction, overdose incidents, inc- incidents sorry, and even deaths.
1: Yeah, and the reason why overdoses are prone is because opioids can restrict your ability to breathe. When it's taken at a higher dose and when it's misused, like Zach was explaining, it can lead to a fatal overdose. And the risk of respiratory depression or like the elevated amounts of carbon dioxide in your lungs is also known as being hypercapnic, just just so you know. But um, it increases if you've never taken an opioid before or if you are taking other medications or drugs that interact with the opioid.
0: Yeah, exactly. So kind of, Shay, can you explain how opiates work and what we can do to safely take them?
1: Yeah, so to get into the brain chemistry at all, the American Society of Anesthesiologists explains that opioids attach to proteins called opioid receptors. Uh, They're on the nerve cells in the brain and other parts of your body. But when this happens, the opioids actually block the pain messages sent from the body through the spinal cord into the brain. And while they can effectively relieve pain, opioids carry risks and can be highly addictive. And the risk of addiction is especially high when opioids are used used to manage chronic pain over a long period of time so okay we're going to talk about um how to properly take these medications so we should explain what anesthesiologist is so what yeah, is
0: that? yeah, for sure, Shay. So anesthesiologists are, their medical doctors who actually specialize in anesthesia, pain management, and critical care medicine. They have extensive training and expertise in providing opiate and non-opiate pain medications to help manage pain.
1: Exactly. So if you need help managing pain, an anesthesiologist can work with you and your current provider to make sure your pain is under control while also minimizing those side effects of addiction and the risk of it. So how can you safely, t- the million dollar question, right? So how can you safely take opioids to manage pain?
0: Exactly. I love that, Shay. That is a million-dollar question. So really, I don't know if this is a million-dollar answer, but it is a million-dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do our best. So you should really only use opiates under a physician's supervision. Take an opiates only as taking opiates only as directed and watch out for the side effects. Side effects can actually range from mildness such mild side effects such as sleepiness or serious side effects such as shallow breathing, slowed heart rate, you know, loss of consciousness which can all be signs of an overdose as well.
1: Yeah, and the opioid addiction in the United States has become a prolonged epidemic. Since 2000, more than a million people in the United States have died of drug overdoses. Oh my gosh. And yeah, a majority of which were due to opioids and fentanyl and other sim- synthetic opioids. They've been driving the crisis in recent years, and more than 1,500 people per week die from opioid-related oh my overdoses. Gosh.
0: I mean, that's just crazy.
1: Yeah, and these numbers, they don't include the millions of Americans who suffer from opioid addiction itself.
0: Yes, I mean, those numbers are really just mind-blowing. But really, I mean, analysts say the problem actually started with the overprescription of legal pain medications. In recent years, that's intensified with the influx of cheap heroin and synthetic opiates on the streets, particularly fentanyl.
1: And overdose deaths involving opioids, they've actually increased more than six times since 1999. And in 2019, that's the most recent year that we were able to find the full data, um, opioid overdoses killed nearly 50,000 people.
0: I mean, it's just crazy, you know, hearing all these numbers, but kind of really you know, for y'all, we're going to try to put that into, into perspective for you. So, really, I mean, that's more than seven times the number of U.S. military service members killed in the post-9-11 wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And according to the provisional CDC data, the number of opioid-related deaths shot up in 2020 to around 70,000. And, again, in 2021 to 80,000, which is just mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, and this epidemic is not only affecting the people around us, but it's also affecting the economy And it's having devastating consequences on other aspects of public health as well and it's causing like high rates of hepatitis c hiv and other diseases and that's mainly caused by sharing syringes
0: Yes, which that's something we're going to try to talk about in a, in a later podcast as well. But really kind of a big point I like to mention really is kind of how mothers can actually pass the opioid dependency onto their unborn children. So if they use opiates while pregnant, instances of neonatal abstinence syndrome or withdrawal symptoms experienced by newborns exposed to drugs while in the womb jump by more than 80%. In 2010 and 2017, which is just crazy how, you know, that dependence can really be pushed to the unborn child before they're even on earth, which is just crazy. Sad situation.
1: Yeah, and I think something that we should talk about is how opioids actually work in the brain. So, the neurobiology of opioid addiction and dependence, they're all manifestations of like b- brain changes resulting from the chronic opioid abuse. And brain abnormalities resulting from the chronic use of opioids are underlying causes of dependence, and that's the need to keep taking drugs to avoid a withdrawal syndrome, and also addiction. That's the intense drug craving and compulsive use of the opioid.
0: So really kind of like the pleasure caused by opiates, it actually promotes the need to continue the drug use. During the first stages of opioid addiction, the repeated exposure to the opiate drugs causes the brain mechanisms to depend, which leads to the daily drug use in order to avoid the grueling symptoms of that drug withdrawal.
1: Yeah, and I've seen people like withdrawing from drugs and it's like a nasty nasty thing to not only experience but like to see other people experience and that's hard when it comes to like addiction because people will continue taking the drugs just in order to avoid having and like experiencing the withdrawal and that's the sad reality of it so yeah if the opioid use continues for a prolonged amount of time. It can produce long lasting changes in the brain. It may continue to cause that compulsive drug seeking behavior, um, which would lead, eventually lead to addiction, like we were talking about and we should talk about signs of opioid addiction so what would that be?
0: Yes really so some of the main signs there include you know the the inability to control the opiate use uh, that, like that prescribed opiate use right uncontrollable cravings, changes in sleep habits which is kind of an, a surprising one that people hear about but yeah change in sleep habits, frequent flu like symptoms really just kind of feeling sick, down, not yourself and then isolation from family and friends which is another one Shay, that people don't really mention a lot but it's a very important one for sure and you have to always remember there are treatment for opiate use disorders they are available and for medical professionals and support groups
1: yeah so make sure you're looking out for your loved ones and you try to spot these signs of addiction or to give them the help they need there's actually a national helpline for substance abuse and mental health we're gonna provide that in the description of today's podcast episode so make sure you check that out if needed um but zach you can go ahead and t- say it for them
0: yeah so that number is going to be 1-800-662-4357 again that's one 800 662 Four three nine seven, guys. And again, that is a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Help Hotline. There for sure.
1: Yeah. So we also we want to inform you guys about like the opioid crisis and stuff, and like inform you guys as much as possible on the topics in our podcast. But we also want to provide resources for you guys. So make sure you guys are um, trying to take advantage of that because we are trying to help you guys as well as informing. Um, but now we kind of want to talk about the life-saving drug of an overdose, um, and what is that, Zach?
0: Yeah. So If you've talked to me before, I know we mentioned a lot. It's kind of like I I refer to this medication as kind of the miracle drug for sure, which we'll kind of explain why later. But really, that drug is Narcan, also called Naloxone. So Narcan is the brand name for the drug, Naloxone. Um, So we can kind of use those names interchangeably in the community for sure. It's the same thing. But it's an opiate overdose reversal spray. So it's basically just, you know, a nasal spray that is used when someone overdoses. They can actually begin to stop breathing, but Narcan reverses that side effect very quickly.
1: Yeah, um, I want to explain how... Narcan actually works like the chemical um, explanation of it and the scientific explanation of it but Narcan is an opioid antagonist and that means that it works by blocking the certain receptors like the attachment sites in your body that opioids normally bind to so by blocking these receptors Narcan helps to reverse the symptoms of opioid overdoses like respiratory depression that we mentioned earlier in the episode.
0: Yes, I really kind of love that science that Shay was explaining. there. I mean, it's very, you know, it's very, very simple. Um, and if you really explain it, it's really awesome kind of how that miracle drug works, like I like to call it. You can also receive free Narcan training and a dose of IM Narcan at endoverdose.net. And that's a website we're going to also have linked in the description. You know, it's a very great organization, a nonprofit organization that we like to kind of <clears throat> always, you know, support and mention here. Again, that's endoverdose.net. That will be in the description there. But there, they provide training videos, and you receive a certification of completion and a dose of Narcan after if you'd like for sure, which, again, having that Narcan as a bystander can save a life for sure.
1: Yeah, and we've taken advantage of this ourselves as well. Zach and I, we took it a while back, and it took us 10 minutes at least. And we got the certification. It was really cool. And we learned a lot from it, actually. Uh, we were able to share that with you guys a little bit throughout today's podcast episode. And we also got like a little IM Narcan ship to us, and we carry that everywhere with us. And it's yes. been really cool. But yeah, having Narcan as a bystander can save a life. So it restores the normal homostatic functions in your body, basically. And it can, if you have it as a bystander and you minister to someone experiencing overdose, it can save. It can basically save them because when someone is unconscious from an overdose, they're not really breathing, and their brain tissues can start to deteriorate without the oxygen. So if you're able to carry Narcan and you minister it um, before. Um, emergency services arrive you can really um put that victim back into uh, better help than if you were to just leave them like that so yeah administer it before emergency services arrive there's no downside to administering n- naloxone um because um naloxone only blocks the certain receptors that the opioids bind to so if there are no opioids bound to your receptors then there's nothing to worry about so i know people worry about like giving some random drug to someone laying on the ground like it's I don't know it's really hard and you are protected by the good samaritan act but it's hard like just being in your head like should i do this i'm not properly trained um just know that narcan is a good drug to give to anyone that would be unconscious, or like just in general, because there's no downside to it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. No, 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 you're good.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, like, I mean, if I, you know, gave Shay a dose of right here in the studio, she, nothing would happen at all. That's kind of, again, the main reason why I call it the miracle drug. You know, it, it only does good things, literally. It can only do good things for sure. And again, kind of, can you kind of explain specifically what we know about here at Texas State University, Shay? Because we are both uh, undergraduate students here at Texas State University.
1: Yeah, so since we are on the topic about the ob- over opioid overdose crisis right now um, I know here at Texas State there's been 14 cases of controlled substance in last 90 days alone. So, I mean, if it's happening here at our university, it would be valuable for us as students to carry Narcan with us in order to safely intervene and help those around us.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, carry it with you, you know, have it available somehow. I mean, it's it's just perfect. Like I said, that miracle drug for sure. I mean, with that stat though, I mean, that shows there's 14 cases in the last 90 days, right? So that's 14 cases of that people were caught with, you know, an opiate, um, su- possibly an opiate, you know, that. That controlled substance there for sure, but I mean, there's people that you know weren't caught, right? So that, that's the you know a fact that that those are the people that were caught, but we don't you do it. We don't know the number you know that weren't were not caught for sure.
1: Yeah. So if we know that it's happening around us right now, like especially with us, like here at Texas State, imagine when you go around to like the grocery store or whatever, um, and you have it on you, like you're able to help anyone experience an overdose because like. You, you never know because most of the time overdoses they are unintentional so you can really help anyone anytime anywhere if you're carrying it
0: right so I mean like in the public right so I mean if you're like at the grocery store at the park things like that right yeah yeah it's just awesome for sure
1: so now we want to inform you now that we talked about Narcan we want to Properly inform you guys how to intervene in opioid drug overdose. So Zach, you want to start?
0: Yeah, for sure. So really the first step there is check for responsiveness. Um, your first step there, you can try a sternal rub. Can you kind of explain to the listeners what a sternal rub is if they're not familiar?
1: Yeah, so basically you take one of your hands and you form to a fist and you start to rub it between the breasts, like on the sternum, it's like the hard part on your chest. You want to rub that the victim's sternum like vigorously just to check for responsiveness. If they're unconscious, they normally wouldn't react to this.
0: Yes, exactly there. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the first step there. After that, also just try shouting to them. Try to shout and arouse them, you know. Hey, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Kind of you can grab their shoulder and kind of pull on it. I mean, really, you know, trying to arouse them any way you can, really, is kind of that first step there. And after that, if after trying that, if you can't, if there's no response there, go ahead and activate your local emergency medical services. But uh, calling 911 here, if you're in the U.S., or however you activate your emergency services where you're from, guys, it's kind of your second step there. I mean, and the next step again is like we talked about earlier with the Narcan, try to locate Narcan and administer a dose for sure. Whether if that's, you know, Narcan you carry on yourself from the training we, uh, you know, Explained earlier, or if you know you have Narcan stations wherever you're at, or possibly sometimes they're kept in the AED boxes around. Try to get that Narcan and, and kind of give up there. There's kind of two the two biggest ways to administer Narcan is intranasally and intramuscularly. I am. Can you kind of explain uh, the different types of administration there, Shay?
1: Yeah. So intranasally would be through your nasal cavity, and that would be your nose. So normally that's in the form of like a nasal. Sp- mist so that's the most accessible that's probably what you would find in like an ad or the ones that you would carry um if you are not trained that would be the easiest way so i would recommend that but you want to go ahead and put that in either nostril of the victim and just um administer that that would be about like four milligrams and then im would be intramuscular and that would be through your muscle so it would be through a syringe and a vial that'd be 0.4 milligrams and you can administer that through the deltoid, which would be the arm muscle, uh, where would you get a f- where you would get a flu shot actually, or your leg, like your thigh muscle, where an epipen would be inserted. If you guys know where that is, and if you guys use the endoverdose.net site and you finish the Narcan training, you actually get sent the IM version of Narcan. So now you know how to use it. And they do inform you on that as well.
0: Right. Exactly. So again, if you're in uh, California, you'll get the intranasal mist everywhere else. You'll get, you know, a dose of that IM, which through that training, by the end of that training, they're only 10, 10, 11 minutes. You'll feel confident giving both those, both, uh, you know, administration ways as well. And then after that, you want to make sure you put the patient in a recovery position. Can you kind of explain what the recovery position is, Shay, and kind of what that prevents?
1: Yeah, so you want to go ahead and put the victim on one of their sides, either that's the left or the right side, and you're also going to take their hand, and you're going to support their head with it, and put one of of their knees out so they don't roll back on their side or their stomach, and this prevents them from vomiting and, like, choking on it, like, aspiration, basically. Um, Yeah, so putting them on their side would work with gravity in case they vomit. It would go ahead and, like, make sure the vomit doesn't go down their airway, which would be dangerous and add to further complications of an overdose. Yeah. yes
0: exactly perfect explanation there and then next you know check for breathing um if they're not breathing you can go ahead and give rescue breaths if you're trained very simple you'll learn how to get that in that InOverdose.net site free training that we provided there as well and biggest thing again i mean you know stay with the victim until help arrives uh, if they lose a pulse you can go ahead and start start cpr there to you know keep that blood flowing <clears throat> through the body but the biggest thing is really just stay with the victim until help arrives rather that's ems police or whatever help is there for sure
1: yeah, and it's important to know the signs of addiction and overdose so you're able to help those around you or your loved ones in need. So I'm glad that we were able to cover that in today's podcast. But yeah, so that, that about wraps it up for today. And we talked about a lot in this episode too. So to review, we discussed what opioids are, how they work and how to safely take them. Um, the opioid epidemic in the United States, opioid dependency and addiction, some signs of opioid addiction and how to help that what Narcan is, like the miracle drug, and how to intervene a drug overdose. We also provided the resources for you guys, so make sure you check that out.
0: Yes, and again guys, make sure you review your current medications and disclose any past or present drugs with your provider when discussing whether an opiate prescription would be right for you to manage your pain.
1: Yeah, and make sure you're just communicating overall with your prescription provider or just your physician, you know. Um, If you have a personal or family history of substance abuse, you may be at increased risk of becoming more easily dependent on opioids. So make sure you're communicating that. It's really, really important.
0: Yes, for sure. And again, don't mix different types of drugs. Make sure any, um, you know, if you're taking two, three drugs, make sure you're getting all that cleared with your your <clears throat> your per your provider as well. Again, over-the-counter medications as well. A lot of times we don't think about that, but, you know, if you have two prescription medication and you're taking three over-the-counter medications, make sure your your provider knows about all that as well. And again, never take a substance that you can't verify.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of black market stuff out there, and fentanyl, it can be easily laced and everything, so make sure you're verifying yeah, that. Yeah, very just, good point, Just Shay. be very careful. Um, but yeah, so a study found that bystanders were present in more than in more than one in three overdoses involving opioids. So anyone can carry naloxone. We gave you guys the resources. Make sure you carry that with you if you're able to, and intervene a in drug overdose like we informed you guys about today, and give naloxone to anyone experiencing an overdose that could potentially save a life. And I think that's really cool.
0: Yes, exactly. For sure, guys. And again, just kind of make sure you stay in touch with us. We have some exciting news coming ahead for sure. Make sure you st- uh, Thank you again for tuning in. And if you have any topic, suggestions, comments, concerns, or if you'd like to just chat with us, go ahead and contact us through our email at hothealthtx at gmail.com. Again, that's hothealthtx at gmail.com, and we'll get right back to you guys. Again, we'll go ahead and post our link tree as well. We have kind of all our ways you can stream us there. And again, that phone number, guys, I just want to shout out one more time. It's 1 800 662 4357. And that site, you can go ahead and get training. It's some free Narcan to save a life again is in overdose.net, guys. Thank you all so much for coming in and tuning in. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, take care. Thank you so much.